Hey everyone, my name is Jenna Grace May. I'm an artist, worship leader, songwriter, wife, and friend. You can find out more about me on my website, jennagracemay.com. Welcome to another week. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for spending a few minutes with me so I could just share my heart with you. This week, I want to talk about something that has been on my mind for the last few weeks, couple months, and that I've been kind of figuring out for the last couple years since I moved to a new town. It is about community and friendship. Okay, so this has been a really um, interesting journey for me. I moved to Franklin, Tennessee about three years ago. And have, have you ever moved? If you've ever moved, you know <laughs> that moving literally strips away everything that you've put your identity in that's not in Christ alone. And you don't realize it. I think, you know, we take on these things as we go along. And it's not necessarily bad. I think God gives us things, you know, to, to find our identity. And he's a good father. He's like, gives us all these wonderful things that we are a part of and that we do. And he's the giver. But when we move away, we kind of leave all that stuff. And then we say, okay, God, like, what is it now? You know, who am I here? Who am I in this season? Um, life comes in seasons, you know, I'll probably say that till you know, the day I die, because I've had so many different seasons in my life. And when I moved here, it was just very interesting, very revealing. I've moved a lot. So I kind of knew. Um, but I moved and I was newly wed. So it was a new, a whole new situation. I was a wife. Um, I, you know, had all these different responsibilities suddenly like bills and also I had this big dream on my heart and I, and all this stuff that I didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't know where we were going. And, um, I just knew to put one foot in front of the next. And I really was longing for some community, but what I realized was that I had just come out of a season of extreme isolation where I was before um, the community that I have now just doesn't exist in that place I was before and I was very isolated and I was actually spending a lot of a lot of time alone with God and we were just working out a lot of stuff in my heart and it was a it was a great season but it was a very hard season and it was for several years like uh, I wasn't just a short little thing it was a long time and as I was here and I was kind of like trying to make friends I was really shy I was really scared and I was married and I was growing into this season um a couple years in three years in really well I'm three years in now um but I would say maybe about six months ago um I've gotten my bearings, I've gotten some friends, I've gotten into some things around here and just kind of started, you know, swimming in, in this little river of life and what what's going on here. And I was talking to my husband and I was like, you know what? I love people. I love friends. And I started to think back on my life and what had happened, um, the isolation and the years before that and the years before that. Um, I had gotten really hurt by people and relationships and things and somewhere along the line all the hurt caused me to lock up the massive thick what is a steel door like a of my heart it was like one of those big old giant safes like in a bank you know I just locked that thing up and um, but I still wanted friends like you know I still wanted all of that stuff that you get from people like I just love people so much and I love that interaction the connection with people but I was locked up and the reason I was locked up is because as a child young young like 
birth to about 10 years old, those wonderful formative years, I was living the life, man. It was so fun. I will talk more about this later, but I was um, had lots of friends. I always had a group over. Like My birthday parties were like, we planned it all year. It was such a big deal to me. And I loved having my, my people, and I loved... Um, now that I look back, I really loved giving them a great time. Like I wanted them to enjoy it. I had all the games planned and everybody would take a turn. And I would make sure like everybody's watching on their turn because it's just so important. And then at the same time, I still was like, you know, an eight-year-old little girl. So a lot of it was about me too. It was my birthday. But anyways, I have this video, this home video. Thankfully, my mom was like the crazy home video lady. So we have like tons of our life documented, but they were singing my birthday song. We we're all around the table and they'd sing my, the birthday song. And my dad was, um, he's a football coach and he was on a recruiting call or something in the other room. And, um, we were like waiting on him, but they went ahead and sang and I was like, okay. Like, and I couldn't blow out the candles cause my dad wasn't there yet. Very important that my dad was there. And so I'd look back and I was like, sing it again. And they would sing the song again. I'd look back. He still wasn't there. I'd say, sing it again. They sang that song. I think like five times and then once I realized, okay, he's still not coming, I gave him another song to sing. I said, sing, how old are you now? And they would sing, how old are you now? How old are you now? And they'd sing it and then I'd answer, an eight. And then I think I had them sing happy birthday again. And then finally, my dad gets off the phone and he comes in and they're just singing it one more time because he's there. And it's just so funny to me because when I was watching that video, I had forgotten that I was like this little ringleader like (laughs) I just I had got hurt so much after that um which we'll get into that part of the story later but like um I just was laughing at myself like oh my goodness look at me just like commanding the room (laughs) and then and telling them to sing to me um it's funny how things have changed but um I realized watching that video that that was in me still, you know, like that's who I really was and uninhibited, you know, oh, didn't you just love those years? So a few years after that, and we moved suddenly, drastically, a lot changed and it hurt and broke my little heart to pieces. And we moved across the country and there was culture shock and there was really mean kids. And those kids hurt me so much. They would do these mean games on me. And I guess you'd call it bullying. (laughs) It was, I didn't realize it. I mean, I guess I did. I don't know, but it just hurt. And, um, I cried every day for a year and later on, uh, there was, my grandmother got cancer and my grandmother passed away. So it was just like, there was a lot of, uh, trauma and pain and hurt. And, um, so I still tried to have the group, but, um, it just wasn't the same. It was very different. Uh, and then I ended up being just kind of like the best friend girl. I'd have like one best friend. So anyways, going on with life, I kept moving. I kept transitioning. I kept changing. I kept closing that door in my heart, closing that door. I didn't trust people. I didn't trust groups. It was just hurt after hurt after hurt. And my identity was crushed. Like a lot of me was crushed. And if you've listened to some of my podcasts, um, I haven't told the whole story, but, um, Eventually, um, in all of this whole story, I've always wanted to do ministry. I grew up in a Christian family. I grew up singing as a little kid, um, and I wanted to be a missionary. I loved people, and I wanted to just do music and love people and tell people about Jesus. It was that simple. And so um, I eventually, uh, there's more and more hurt and pain. Lots of details are skipping over right here. But at 19, I went to a camp to work. 
and I know I've talked about this, and it was a Christian camp, and I worked there for 10 years, and God healed my heart. I'm not even kidding. With him, he healed my heart with the things that had happened in like my relationship with him. So that that was really a miracle and miraculous things were happening. He taught me about his his character and his love for me, um, and and it started this like process. So I got married. After that, ten years later, I got married to David, and we moved to Nashville. I started trying to make friends. Okay, so here we are came out of isolation and at the camp I still I couldn't dive into relationships there's probably people that I may be connected to even today still on like social media that maybe wonder why I didn't like dive into friendships with them but if I had been bold enough or if I understood my story I was so still so much in it at that time um I could have told them I'm too scared you know it's not you it's me (laughs) so really um a couple years ago I started seeing all this and I would tell my husband, I love marriage. Oh my goodness. I'm such a marriage cheerleader. So you get to have this like bouncing board. Is that right? I don't know. You know, this person you can bounce stuff off of all the time and they're like a mirror to you. And I told my husband, I said, I used to be the girl with the group. Like what happened? And I realized, you know, obviously I've been so hurt and I realized, I keep saying realized, but it was, there's a lot of revelation all, in all of this, was that the devil stole that from me and that I'm actually supposed to be a connector and I'm supposed to be a gatherer and I'm supposed to make, give people things to enjoy and I'm supposed to lead, like point them to Jesus and tell them to sing their song and that the devil was trying to steal that from me and he had for many years and I thought to myself, hmm, well, I'm going to have to start being brave and I'm going to start diving into friendships and I'm going to start inviting people and asking people and just sitting down with people and I don't know how to do it anymore. I feel like I've kind of lost this thing like and I'm in my I'm 30 now and I'm like I was like how how do people make friends in their 30s? Um okay, we'll we'll give it a try. And so I started praying about it and I was like God, I want to have friends again and I, I started to see other people kind of needing the same thing. And I think my story just gave me even a deeper love for the outsider. You know, of course it did. <laughs> and also for the family that everybody needs and the family that you can have with your friends and community and how great and wonderful that is. So I began just showing up to things and I, I wasn't doing great at it my first couple years here. Just really shy, really, you know, I would have conversations with people and stuff, but just still nervous. And um, the more I was here, the more I started to um, deepen those friendships. And then David and I started inviting people over to our house. And it was really one meal at a time that we really started deepening our relationships with people. And as as those relationships were deepened, I started to have more vision for what God is doing with us here. And it is all because of the people he has put in my life. So we, I think we hear a lot that isolation, you know, is a, is not a good thing, but I'm going to tell you that like the, the enemy uses isolation to keep you from the dreams that God has placed in your heart. Like he uses isolation to not just keep you from him, but to keep you able, he would to stop you from being able to even see them in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind. He stops you from dreaming because when you're isolated, 
it shuts down so much of what God intends. He intends for us to live in community. That is how it is meant to be. And so let me tell you a little bit of how if you're in a if you're in a place of isolation, I want to help you with a few steps. I don't have a lot of steps and I'm not a, I'm not a uh, expert on this, but I'm learning and I'm growing. So, um one thing that I noticed this is really simple, was to give, give without the expectation of getting anything back. And pray, I mean, pray to ask God to give you love for others. And because when you really love someone, you don't care to give and not need anything back, you know, and give in relationships, give in conversation, sit and talk to people, listen to their stories, you know, be conscious about how much you're sharing and how much they're sharing. You know, don't be like crazy about it or anything. I feel like I can get a little too crazy about how particular I, I am, but you know, just be aware, you know, and remember that you want to give to this person. Like when you're in a coffee with them or a dinner, like you don't want to be exhausting to them. You want to be life giving to them. So give, give, give without, without caring a bit about any kind of return, you know? Um, sorry, I have a little bit of a stuffiness from, um, allergies, but the other point, another point is to show up. This is so simple. If you get invited, go. Don't make that excuse. Make yourself go. Get in that car. Drive there. Show up. Talk to a few people. Whatever. Go home. But show up. Show up at church. Show up at the worship night. Show up at the dinner, that the couple's dinner or the girl's dinner. Show up at whatever it is. The friend's kid's birthday party. Just show up. Give. Give your time. Show up. And then when you invite, guess what? They'll show up to your thing. You got to give and you got to show up. And like when you start going places, like it's just as a natural thing, it's going to happen. And you got to keep being in front of people, being around people and not to get anything, but just to give. And even if they don't give you anything, you get to enjoy being among other people. Do you know what I mean? So even though you're not expecting to get anything, you're still getting the enjoyment of community just by being there. Um, and another thing is to be kind and remember things when people tell you their stories, they tell you about their life, like they tell you their kids' names, like really, like you guys, I know this seems really simple, but actually care about people that like give, 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 care, care, care. When you see them again, say how was so-and-so's dance recital, or I saw on Instagram that it was their birthday. I don't know. Like actually don't just like stalk people on social media like be like huh next time I see them I'm gonna ask them about that and be like because people love that people love being seen known and heard everything that you want you know in your relationships give that to other people and you will just be like um like a sweet aroma like you'll just attract other people because you're not going to be a drain on them you're going to be life-giving to them um And this is a, I've got a ton of scripture that I want to talk through with you. And um, so we're going to jump into that right now. Okay, just give me one second to pull it up. All right, so 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. So I love this because 
I think it's very important that we practice being a uniter and not a divider. And a lot of people go and they love gossip and they love talking about so-and-so. And that is so, that causes so much division. And in trusted circles, in trusted groups, maybe with just very few people, like one other person or two other people yeah you can discuss some things that you see going on in the community in a way that can help it I'm not against discussing things that we can help but you've got to watch your mouth and you got to guard your your tongue because it can divide you know so if you're in a larger group like always be thinking of the unite uniting people bringing people together calling out the good in people and not dividing things I think that's really really important um also, we have 1 Thessalonians 5.14. We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. It's kind of the same thing that I was talking about. Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other. Forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So this one's kind of hard because, um, okay, so we know in family, and I always say this to my friends these days, like, family, you got to live with each other. You know, you got to forgive each other. You're going to push through. And, like, you can have that in friendship as well, that forgiving and, and when someone bumps up against each other in, in some kind of way to talk about it and to forgive one another. If you really value the friendship, then you will forgive and they will forgive you. And um, there's always going to be, I think when you get to those difficult conversations is actually when the friendship is going to deepen. And it doesn't have to be um, a conversation about an argument or you don't even have to forgive one another, but just to like talk about the, the deep things um, of life with another person, you're going to really deepen that friendship through that. And so that moves us on to Galatians 6.2. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ one wonderful thing there's so many wonderful things about community is that when you are in community with other people and you find some trusted people you can tell them about hey I'm going through some financial strain right now and it's it's rough and they'll just be like man yeah we were there a couple years ago and we get it just that alone it lifts the burden. It literally passes it on and someone else can kind of carry it. Someone, other people knowing, you know, where you're at, it it adjusts like how they see you. Because if you come in and they think, oh, something's off, you know, they might take it personally. But if you're just honest and be like, I'm having a rough day because of such and such, all of a sudden they're like, oh, let me give you a hug. Like, let me show you some love. Just, and you got to find those trusted people. I understand that. And that does take time. But take baby steps if you're not sure like how much just share something little just be like I'm grumpy today you know it doesn't have to be something really personal um because I just have found and this is a real thing for me when I open up for a group of people and I share where I'm at something shifts in the atmosphere and God uses that like God honors that so much and his people step up to the plate and it is so healing and so good for the soul I just encourage you to to allow your burdens to be carried and then also to carry other people's burdens. And in that, pray for them. Pray for each other. Pray in the moment. And then also, like, when you're home, don't forget about your friends. Pray about them in your home. Pray about them when you go for your walks or your drive to work. Pray for your friends. I mean, that will just only deepen that love for them. Let's see here. Um... 
my next verse that I want to read is Proverbs 17, 17. Let me see if I can find it. I hope I didn't skip it. This is great podcast listening material, isn't it? <laughs> Proverbs 17, 17. Oh, this is sweet. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. This is the same thing I'm talking about. Um, gosh, a friend loves at all times. Can you think of a time where it's hard to love a friend? I mean, I'm sure, you know, and, but that's the time where they need you the most and a brother is born. So we're talking about a friend in the first part and a brother or a sister in the second part. Obviously that's such a a much deeper relationship and it's born in a time of, of adversity. So we know that when we go through things with other people, it is just gonna, well, it could either drive you apart or it'll just drive you so much closer together. And that's what I'm talking about, the vulnerability and the authenticity in relationships and the, the prayer really, because prayer is so powerful and in a trusted community, it is life-changing. So Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I love this verse. Obviously, it's encouraging one another toward love and good deeds. Community does that. Lately, I've been talking to my friends. I'm like, what's what's going on? What's your dream right now? What are you working towards? And they're like, I'm feeling discouraged. Like, I'm trying to work on this. Or they're like, I'm just coming out with a new single with music. Sorry, I have a lot of musician friends. And so I'm like, great. You know, you cheer them on. You're like, you can do it. You can finish that. Or if they're feeling discouraged, how can I help? Let's talk about the next step. That is so wonderful. You Like, give, give, give. Love your friends. Cheer them on. I mean, cheering on other people is just so fulfilling. And then it says not giving up meeting together. Um, this is super important. And I've noticed this with me and I've talked to some other couples where you're like, we need to get together. And then like a week goes by and another week goes by and you and your husband or spouse or whatever, your family, you're just kind of like in your little, your little home and you never get out of it. Or sometimes you just feel like just too tired to get out, push yourself to stay in the habit of meeting together. And it is a habit because I think if you've ever watched this in your own life, like you meet, you meet, you meet, and then you stop for a little bit and you're like, and, I, and here we are again with seasons. There are seasons, but it can also just be like a laziness, you know, like maybe you just need to push yourself to get out there. Um, so I just want to encourage you to do that because those relationships, the only way they're going to deepen is if you keep seeing each other face to face, we need to get face to face with people. This, um, social media age has really stripped away a lot of the, the, um, goodness and the joy and the fruit of relationships. Um, so yes, I just want to keep encouraging you to stay face to face with others. Okay. So I have another verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 25 through 27. There should be no division in the body, that its parts have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. That's kind of what we were talking about earlier, um, about carrying burdens with one another. So... You can suffer together and then also when you rejoice to rejoice maybe you know maybe it's easier to do the burden thing but when someone else succeeds that's a real test 
of your true friendship <laughs> and of your heart. And if you can't celebrate with other people, then you got to go, you know, you need to go have some alone time with the Lord and talk about that because um, that's really, really important that you can celebrate your friends. And the more that you do it, the more God will work out that stuff in you, you know, so just go ahead and do it. Even if it's hard, go ahead and do it. And, um, let's just, let's just work out that stuff because we need to be cheering each other on towards good works and we need to cheer each other on in everything that's happening in our lives. All right. First Peter four, eight through 11. This one's, um, not too long, a little bit longer, but it just says above all love each other deeply because love covers the multitude of sins offer hospitality to one another without grumbling each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of god's grace in its various forms if anyone speaks they should do it as one who speaks the very words of god if anyone serves they should do it so with the strength god provides so that in all things god may be praised through jesus christ to him be the glory and the power forever and ever amen so that's the last one i'm going to read kind of sums it all up that serving heart to to love other people to give without giving to offer hospitality without grumbling is what it says in verse 9 here to love deeply because love covers a multitude of sins using your gifts to serve one another to faithfully steward God's grace in its various forms to speak with the words of God guard that tongue And just to give praise, this will all bring glory back to Jesus because we're all being him to each other, right? So, um, yeah, I think what I've learned in the last few years is just to um, keep a a humble heart and just to love other people and to trust other people, to let them in, you know? That's been, it's been really scary when I've shared some stuff and just kind of been shaking even, like... I think it's so scary for me that I I have a hard time actually sharing it these days without tearing up at least one tear. <laughs> I try not to be that girl. I don't want to always like feel so vulnerable, but um, God's just taking me through a season where I've been praying for some deep friendships and a lot of friends and um, not for myself, but because I really want to love on this community that's in Franklin of musicians and worship leaders and their families, their spouses, and their children, and uh, the people that just love Jesus and that are here in our town, and then people that um, are curious, you know, I feel like right now I'm really able to invest in a community of the leaders, and I pray that one day, you know, they'll just, there will be a sweet aroma of worship among our community, and that will draw outsiders inside, you know what I mean, that the people that don't quite understand or get it or don't follow Jesus will see that there's something special and also that they will find that they are very loved. And so I don't know what God's doing, but he's teaching me to um, build community. He's teaching me to love others. He's teaching me to gather people. And it's, um, it's an act of service. It's an act of generosity. And, um, I prayed God to bring this into my life. And so he said, okay, go be vulnerable. And I'm like, okay. And it's been scary, but has been so rewarding. So I just want to encourage you, um, if you're feeling kind of like you don't have community where you're at, first of all, pray and ask God because he answers. He gives. He's such a good father. He gives to his children. Um, And then just when you feel those promptings or you see those opportunities, know that they're from God and just go for it. 
And um, I do, I do want to encourage you to seek out um, a, a group, you know, whether you're at church and you have a small group or if you don't have a small group at church, but a group of friends that maybe you already kind of meet separately together, like occasionally, maybe try doing something all together. It's really rewarding and it's really fun. And um, that's just how we're meant to live. We're meant to have family around us and God created it this way. So we're just here to enjoy it and to love one another. So that's all I have to talk about today. I do um, have some more things that I was wanting to share with you, but I will save that for another time. I want to pray for everybody before we go. God, thank you so much for community. Thank you for friends. Thank you for your word, how you teach us and instruct us with your, with your words, God, that you just make it so simple and so easy for us. You just lay it all out there. Give us courage to follow your word. Give us um, the courage to be vulnerable with other people to open up and to love uh, freely, Lord, to give without thinking that we'll get anything in return, and just to be Jesus to the people around us, Lord. Um, Give us a community that's a sweet aroma to outsiders, and that we may open up the doors and allow others to come be a part of it. God, make us about more than just ourselves. Give us eyes to see outside of ourselves, to turn from what we want to what you want, God. May we be people who just love you and love others. In the name and the power of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for hanging out with me this time. It was a little longer, but hey, maybe you're working out or on a drive somewhere and it was the perfect time. I will talk to you guys next week and hang out with me on social media. I'm Jenna Grace May there. Obviously, I really want to connect with you and I'm not just saying that. I actually mean that. If you could comment to me, I will comment back. If you have a prayer request, I will pray for you. So hopefully I'll see you soon. And if you want to catch us um, locally, we do travel. So you can hang out or hang out. (laughs) You can hang out with us on the road. Um, You can have us come to your church. Um, Just my website is jennagracemay.com. You can find out how to bring us there for a worship night um, or anything that you need. And then also we have Heart Thrive Gathering once a month. The next one is on July 20th in Franklin, Tennessee. Talk to you guys soon.